men should act like men, and light beer should taste like beer. Uh, light beer, please. Sure. Do you care how it tastes? Nah, I don't care how it tastes. Okay, well, when you start caring, put down your purse and I'll give you a Miller Lite. Continuing. I don't care, I just got one of these. Well, that's the second unmanly thing you've done today. <laughs> Whoa, oh. that's not a Miller Lite. Oh, light beer is light beer. Um, no, Miller Lite has more taste. I'll strike two. One more, I'm taking your man card. Happy Brewsday Tuesday, Bitch Beer listeners! Hey, did you know that in addition to our podcast, we also have a blog? Yeah! If you visit our website, bitchbeerpodcast.com, you can get more detailed information about our podcast and follow us around on all of our fun adventures around the breweries we visit and even see our exclusive beer journal. Speaking of the blog, this past week we had the privilege of being invited to Monday night's Hop Hut. I wrote all about it over there. Check it out. Oh my gosh, the hop hut was so much fun. Dude, I was blown away. And like as a as a self-proclaimed hophead myself, I knew I was going to love it, but I wasn't a prepared for how good space lettuce was going to be. <gasps> it was so fucking good. And Holy I'm shit. I'm so sad we have to wait <sighs> until an undisclosed time that we are not allowed to share with you that it will be back, but it will be back. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I was also blown away with how good all of them were. Yes. Like cuz I thought like not that not that they were being like schemy or anything, but I thought like, oh, this is a great way to get more people into space lettuce, and then yeah. there's some hoppy beers too. But they really are all excellent. They're so good. And then what was that one? Um, don't call it Hotlanta. <laughs> yes, that was so good. Which is going to be their next can release. So yes. everybody who can't make it to Hop Hut can try that out. Yeah. So, and um, Aaron was saying I, I didn't say this in the blog that the the um the hut is movable Ooh. so they can take it to like pop-up events and stuff too which I oh think is really cool oh my gosh that is so cool yeah I wanted that my party oh my gosh if I ever become rich one day I'm gonna rent the hot hut <laughs> right. and just have like space lettuce for everybody yeah <laughs> Um, so this week on the podcast, we talk with Sarah Foltz from Hop City. Which was like meeting a celebrity. For oh my me. gosh, it's amazing. Um, so <laughs> so little background, Ben and I have been living in Atlanta since 2015. And um, early in 2015, when we were visiting to see uh, maybe where we wanted to move after college, um, we actually stopped into Hop City and <laughs> left with a cardboard box full of beer. And that's kind <laughs> of been our tradition ever since, every time we go. So it is absolutely... Our favorite place to buy beer, and I think now Caroline's favorite place. Oh, definitely my favorite place. Y'all introduced me to it, and I didn't know how amazing it was. But Because you know how sometimes you go into a craft beer store, and you're like, man, I want to try like one of everything. You can do that at Hop City, which is amazing. Yeah. And if there's something that's not on the singles wall, I didn't know this until y'all told me this, you can take the six-pack or 12-pack down and just make sure you give it to someone at the store so they can restock it. So that way you can just have one of it. Um, Yeah. That's, I built you a pyramid for your birthday you there. Did. It, it was, was the really the greatest gift ever. It was, yeah, I I could go there all the time. But yeah. also, I'm not trying to get fat off of beer like I did before. So, <laughs> restraint. Um, but but they, they, besides every kind of beer you could possibly imagine, they also have so much homebrew equipment. Yes. Um, and that is who Sarah is the head department of at Hop City. Um, and we went to her homebrew class a couple of weeks ago. She invited us out there and it was it was so much fun. Oh my gosh. It was really I wasn't expecting it to be that fun. It was I it was really informative. Um now the homebrew class there, it's for like bigger batches. Um, and so if you're trying to do like larger batches, I definitely recommend taking the homebrew class there. Um, also we had our first, we were recognized for the first time there. That was like the best time ever. Who was that? Andrew? Yeah. Who actually ended up winning one of the tickets to the Arches event, which was that was full so circle. <laughs> um, and then, so before we actually recorded this episode, we tried homebrew ourselves. 
Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, and, and, and we talk about it for a brief second about how we were waiting for it to be um, – uh, 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 for, to, to try it and uh, Caroline's going to write a blog post about it so mm-hmm. we will not let you know how it turned out you're yep. going to have to go read about it I know and but we did use um, the kits that we use for our homebrew I definitely recommend using these kits for a first time oh it's um, it's, it's so easy they're from the Brooklyn Brew Shop and it's 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 foolproof like they give you absolutely everything you need and if you're more of a, a visual learner than like an instructions reader they have videos online that you can watch which was very helpful for me because I see words on a page and I don't know what to do but seeing oh, it in action it's it was it was very helpful and then um so any of the tools that we use we have the Brooklyn Brew Shop kits um any bottle cappers and um everything that we used we have links to them in the blog so look no further if you're trying to do some homebrew yeah <laughs> and uh, also just a quick note before we get into it um we recorded this at a bar in West Midtown um so it's noisier than a lot of our episodes uh i mean i think ben still did a pretty killer job at making it sound crisp and clean but there's lots of ambiance in the background so please bear with us (laughs) enjoy thanks Thank you so much for being with us. Yeah, well, thanks for having me, and hello, everybody. <laughs> and we are coming to you from the Whelan in West Midtown on Huff Road. Super, super cool place at Sarah's suggestion. Thank you very much. Yeah, we uh, they have a good draft list, and it's just a good environment. I'm pretty happy with what I got already. I'm drinking the Red Brick Soul of the City. Yeah, we all three of us are, actually. Yep. Yay! <laughs> so you were talking to us before we started that um, when you're not at Hop City, you were working at a, a for kids shelter? Yes, I'm a, a, a dog trainer up there. I'm just, uh, I graduated from the Victoria Stillwell Academy and just uh, starting out in the dog training world, and it's it's a good experience, and I'm learning, learning a lot, like, on the job, so... That's so cool. That's awesome. And you also mentioned that you um, have a theater degree from the technical side of theater. Yes, I was a um, well, I was a theater major at Sweetbriar College in Virginia, um, but I focus mostly on technical stuff. What part of Virginia? Uh, Central Virginia. Okay, I'm from the southwestern part of Virginia. <laughs> right. So yeah. Wanted to see if we had any crossover yeah, there. Yeah, Sweetbriar was actually in the news the other year. That they almost shut it down, and then the alumni saved it. Oh wow, so, that's so awesome. great. So it just goes to show you the power of, of, of women because it's a women's college. Yep. So that's excellent. I need to do more research about that school. So you do a little bit of everything. Yeah, you do. Yeah, kind of. I've I've always been like, I've been told by one of my previous jobs, it's like, well, you're kind of a generalizer instead of a specializer. It's like, oh, see this, you do it. Right. You know, it's uh, just kind of, I don't know how to do it. I'll I'll get on YouTube or whatever, try to learn it. Um, Some things I'm better at than others. And (laughs) so I think we've, I think we all have been there. See, see, that's excellent. Because I'm one of the people that if I don't learn it in five minutes, I get frustrated and quit. Like I've tried to learn piano, I've tried to learn guitar. And if it doesn't come naturally, I I give up. So. <laughs> well, interesting enough, I actually saw somewhere that if you read on a, partic- a particular subject, like thirty minutes a day, like in seven years, you're an expert. I forget where I saw that, nice. but apparently, if you apparently like ten thousand hours or whatever, yes, it's, uh, I said, I'm like, hmm, I should try that. But <laughs> then I'm like, oh, you know, I could binge watch this on TV yeah, before exactly, I go to work. So I'm not gonna read. But scandal, oh, it's so good. And like seven, seven years on paper seems so long, but then like you look back and you're like, oh, that was seven years ago. <laughs> like, look how much happened. So, so what pulled you into wanting to be into beer? I have always. Um, well, it's funny. I didn't. It's funny when I was younger. I didn't. I was probably a late bloomer as far as beer is concerned, um, because I think my first beer was like in college. It was like a, I think a Keystone, which is you know that's terrible. So I kind of like when I would go with my friends, I'd have a mixed drink. I've never never really been a wine person, and then when I moved here. Um, we were out for a, a, we used to work at the Fox Theater in, in Historic Preservation, and we were out taking someone who was going away to lunch, 
and we were at Prince of Wales, which I wish it was still open. That was an awesome place. But they had um, Stella Artois, and this girl's like, you should try one. And I was like, you know, that's actually pretty good. And I was, I was 22 years old when I first enjoyed my first beer. Yeah, nice. <laughs> so that's kind of where I guess where it started. And I was like, okay. So then I ended up working in the railroad industry. And there's a lot of beer drinking in there, you know, after work or whatever. And that's kind of where traveling for work, I, I discovered my first craft beer that I like is Boulevard Wheat. Okay. Oh, I discovered wow. that on a trip to Omaha. And I was like, I really like this. And it didn't distribute here at the time. And I had a coworker's family lived out there. So at Christmas, I came home back to work. And uh, he had a, a 12 pack of Boulevard Wheat sitting on my desk for me. Because oh, you know how much so I liked nice. it. Nice. That's so cool. And that it kind of just went from there. And I worked with, we had a co op student work with us. His name was Alex, and he was um, he was a Georgia Tech student. He was an engineer, and I worked with a bunch of civil and mechanical engineers, and he was really hoping that he was going to get to do some engineering stuff and hands-on stuff, but they were so busy, he got stuck with a marketing person. So we just got to talk, and he liked beer, and he was actually, I think, 19 at the time, but his, he'd been brewing with his dad. Uh, incidentally, you only have to do brew beer at home. You only have to be 18 years old. Oh, okay. So I, I did not know that yeah. there was even a law about that. Yeah, That's amazing. To, to homebrew, you only have to be 18 years old. Okay. Nice. So that. we got to talking about beer, and he actually, I was like, that, you know, I like cooking, I like learning stuff. And I said, would you teach me to brew beer? And he said, sure. Lived in this tiny apartment, and he came over, and we went to, if Hop City wasn't open, we went up to Alpharetta to a beer shop there, and I got my equipment, my first equipment and my first recipes, and we brewed in my tiny apartment, and he helped me with the whole process. Each step was there, and after that, I was hooked. How long ago was that? That was in 2000, what year it was, 2008 or nine. So I'm going to come up on nine to 10 years of of brewing. That's so cool. Wow. So tell us a little bit about Hop City and exactly what you do there. Well, at Hub City, we kind of all, we put on different hats there because it's, I mean, we're, we do everything from helping customers to cleaning the bathrooms. It's a real team effort. Um, we really like to function as a team and everybody, like I said, I love my coworkers. Um, they're like family to me. Um, the owner is awesome and just, I can't really say anything good about it. It's been probably the best place I've ever worked. Wow. That's great. So, and I've worked a couple of different places and I've just, that's one place I've just, it's kind of my happy place. So it's a staple in Atlanta. Yeah. So for people who have never been to Hop City, how would you explain it to them? Uh, we are a, I guess the best way to say it is what our customers say. It's an adult candy store. Nice. <laughs> yeah. That is, that uh, we have over 1,900 at, at the flagship, uh, which is in West Midtown. That's the one I work at. We have over 1,900 different beers. Nice. And skew, summer drafts, summer package, and uh, we have something for every taste. Nice. So, and we, we, do, everything, we do everything there. We, we stock shelves. We, um, it's just, it's a great environment. And you guys also sell everything that you need to homebrew. We do. We sell all the ingredients and equipment. And if there's something that you want that I don't have, um, if I can order it for you, if it's something I can get from my vendors, I'll, I'll get it for you. That's so, so great. Yeah, I I love Hop City. I don't leave there with anything less than like a cardboard box full of beer uh, because it is it is just like a candy store, especially your wall of singles. Because the cool thing that that, that you can do there is if you want something, you can take one of it mm-hmm. and then it goes to the wall of singles, which is super unique. I think yep. that's very cool. Um, but for somebody who is just getting into beer and they go into a place like Hop City where there's 1,900 different beers, how do they not get overwhelmed? How do they get started? I think part of it is going to be your staff uh, because that's one of the things that I think we really pride ourselves on is the staff, they all love beer, obviously. That's why we're there. And so you want to make sure that you're approachable and you're not, you don't want to talk down to people. Yeah. And that's just not how you get people into it because it's like, we love this, this is our passion. We want other people to become passionate about it. And you can't do that unless you're going to be approachable and help these people because we do see that people get overwhelmed. And usually it's like someone will say, come in and they'll say, hey, where do I, you know, kind of where do I start? And the first thing we're going to ask them usually is like, well, what have you had that you've liked? 
and that's always a good starting point. Um, is, to, is to figure out like if they're like, well, you know, I've, I've kind of I drink macro, but I want to get into craft. I mean, that's really insightful because there are a lot of craft beers that are that like easy drinking mm-hmm. that are a good stepping stone uh, to get to that point. And we have people come in, they're like, I drink wine, but I'd like to try to learn more and get into beer. And we have beers that actually are good for that as well. And you guys also have 60 brews on tap? Uh, we have got, let's see, we've got two sodas. We have two local sodas and we have got 58 uh, beer and cider taps. It's super cool when you go, I just, I'm trying not to fangirl too hard because I just love Talk City so much. Yeah, it's all written on the wall, excellent descriptions about what it is, and you can drink a beer while you shop, mm-hmm. which is very cool. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. And that's really cool that the, the interpretation of that law changed, and we've had, the, I guess, the, the tasting bar, and um, it's been open since, was it August of last year, like August, wow. August of 2017, so we've been having that bar in the store for a little over a year. So, um, as far as getting into home brewing, how would you take someone who's like, I just really like beer from going from like drinking beer to wanting to brew it at home? Well, I think the first thing that is people take consideration for it is that it does, you do have, to have room to store equipment. Mm. So... It's, I remember when I was in my tiny apartment trying to figure out where to put my fermenters and everything. <laughs> yeah. I was like, this is just uh, this is a pain in the butt. So you do need a little bit of space to be able to store your stuff. Um, you have to not be averse to, to cleaning up. Like if you love to cook but you hate doing dishes, might not be the hobby for you. Because I always <laughs> it tell is really them, messy. <laughs> yeah, I tell my classes I'm like, you know, brewing is actually it's about 85% cleaning and sanitizing and 15% actual brewing. So. That is that's kind of where I, you know where I'll where I'll start them, and then if they're like, all right, let's do it, I do recommend um, there are YouTube videos and stuff. But for me, I know I'm like a kind of a visual hands-on person, and mm-hmm. I think anytime you can see something done, then that's going to be all the difference. So I always am like, take a class, and mm-hmm. we do offer classes at Hop City. Oh. But you know, if you can't watch YouTube videos, that's you know you can get there. But I think that like our class specifically, we tailor it to we brew a beer during class, so it's a full brew day. So the students are hands-on. Uh, seeing how everything goes into the beer, why you use certain things certain ways, and um, why certain factors are important, why the cleaning and sanitation is important. And they obviously don't get to see it through the end because from start to finish brewing a beer, it takes um, from the day you brew it to the day you bottle it or keg it, it's about a little about three weeks, I would say. So obviously they're not there for three weeks, but right. but, um, but yeah. But I, go, I do go through the process of what happens after brew day. So. And so, so is there like a part two to the class where they come back and they get to like see the end result? Um, what they do is they typically the class gets to sample the previous class's beer. Got it. That's smart. So, oh, that's very smart. That's such a good idea. So it's like you, they get to taste the homebrew. It's not the one they do. But I do sometimes tell them if you're around, this is the day to the next class and we'll be serving this. If you want to stop and taste it, you can. I believe I've only had one, one person ever take me up on that. But <laughs> it is, uh, I'm like, you know, if you want to come taste it, I don't have a problem with that. Right. So, so we, we currently have a brew uh, in the bottles right now uh, yeah. which we tried it on as, as part of this adventure we were like let's just go out on a limb and so we uh, we, we brought a kit from um, from from Brooklyn right the Brooklyn the place. little one gallon yeah. yeah so we're like this will be simple enough the instructions will be very in-depth they have videos online and um, it's, it was this mojito mojito ale a, mojito ale yeah. that's interesting I've yeah. never heard of that yeah. so we're Fingers crossed that it made it in the bottle great, and they're in the bottle, and in like a week and a half, we get to try it, so. All right, well, you have to email me and let me know how yes, it is. Yes, we will. <laughs> so, well, there is a next step for the classes, like, because um, we do beginning brewing, which is called extract, where the sugar's made for you, which is what you guys probably did. Yes. We do have, offer an advanced class. We don't offer it as often, um, but it basically shows you 
to do how to do all grain brewing, which is basically on a small home scale. It's kind of what the that's how the breweries do it, but it's a small, obviously, home scale, not all the equipment, but you do have a little bit of additional. Okay. So. Well, that's super cool. We should look into that next as like an extra adventure if yeah. this goes well. No, that'd be so much fun. How often do you homebrew personally? It depends on the time of year. Um, part of it is as part of the chilling um, in the summer, even though I'd love to brew more. Uh, the way you chill the beer at the end, uh, the way I do, the groundwater temperature is so warm that it's hard for that wort chiller to get down. And I did, I did recently invest in a plate chiller, which is another way to cool it. I'm trying to figure out a, a better way to work that with a pump. Right. It's just kind of one of those things that's a work in progress. But typically in the fall, I'll brew more, and in the spring. Okay. Um, because it, it, it does... It does tend to lend itself to outside a little better. So when it's like bitterly cold or or super hot, it's yeah, hard. It's harder. Because my to setup keep it, yeah. is mostly meant to uh, meant for outside. Although I did recently, I guess last year, invest in a grandfather, which is a electric system. Oh. So I can do it inside, and that's been really nice. Um, it's one of those things where I'm like, I probably if I sold all my homebrew equipment. I feel like it for a down payment on a really nice car. <laughs> nice. <laughs> That's great. What's, it, your, what's your favorite thing that you've ever homebrewed? My favorite beer ever homebrewed? Um, in the summer, I do love like a good heffy. Like it's, yeah. it's just like you, you, you mow the lawn, just have you, yes. I've got a kegerator nice. with my homebrew on it. It's like, have that heffy. It's just, it just tastes so good. I love it. <laughs> um, probably my favorite thing I've ever brewed is uh, I did a, a Neapolitan uh, milk stout. Whoa, it wasn't wow. as good as the one that Sagatuck does, and that's the one that inspired it. It didn't okay. didn't quite get the strawberry punch I wanted out of it, but I did get the vanilla and the chocolate. Oh, that's so wow. cool. So, that would be a mind blow to, to get all of that. That was my favorite ice cream growing up, too, because you get, like, everything in All the flavors, bite. yeah. It's so good. Oh, man, that sounds amazing. So that's probably my favorite, just because it was kind of interesting, and uh, which is funny, because when I first started brewing, I didn't drink stouts at all, and it's been, like, in the last, I think, 18 months, I've really started enjoying dark beer. Stouts are a surprising one because I never thought I, I liked stouts because I had always only heard of Guinness and which Guinness there's nothing wrong with Guinness it's fine but like ever since I started trying like uh, like cocoa bunny and like all these different there's so much that you can do with them so there's so many layers that you can add to it so I've, I've definitely developed an appreciation for stouts yeah. I can say so you were you, we were discussing earlier that you know it's very obvious that beer is a very male dominated industry it is yes. what, what has been your experience as a lady in beer i think there have been positives and negatives uh, to it and i prefer not to like to dwell on negative stuff because totally. i think that in life you're you're going to get further but i think i've seen working there you know i've seen i've seen more women in the industry like seeing more women brewers and seeing more people that are working at breweries that are women even seeing more female employees where i work um, which is really cool and it's not for like us like not wanting to hire women it's just having qualified applicants that are women right yeah. and so I think right now um, in the in my tenure there that we have the most women on payroll since I've been there wow that's, great. that's awesome so um, it's, it's really encouraging to see and um, each, I think you get a lot of positive feedback and I do feel like a lot of the people I've met are you know, they're very encouraging of women in beer we're, we're hearing that a lot as we interview people, and that's super refreshing to yes, hear. Yes, big time. that's and, not always the case. Yes, in some ways, it just like it feels weird that we have to be this way, but I, mean, I guess it's like that anywhere or in yeah. any industry. Because I mean, we're all people, we have qualifications, we have brains and intelligence, and it's just, uh, it's just still, it just kind of blows my mind. Yeah. So no, it's insane that it's it's this year and we're still you yeah. know dealing with this kind of thing instead of yeah letting qualified people work yeah, yeah. regardless of whatever you know yeah not much longer we're coming <laughs> <laughs> no but it is encouraging to see that the trend so is is increasing so I see more women reps and I see 
you know, some warm brewers. And it's places like Hop City that are encouraging of people, and it, it, it makes it feel... Because I, th I think the, the root of the problem is that some men feel like it's something's being taken away from them by women enjoying it, that it, that it means that they get to enjoy it less, which logically makes no sense whatsoever. And so you have places like Hop City where every time I go there, there are more women workers there than men. Everybody's singing and dancing. Like, it's just like such a fun You place. must have met Paul. Paul, you put the right <laughs> channel and Paul will sing along. <laughs> So it's, it's, it's just refreshing to hear that more of that is going on, especially places like Hop City. Yeah. yeah. And I'm also, I'm seeing, a, I think I'm seeing an increase as well in women homebrewers. And it's not just like the women that are working with their saving other, it's actually women coming in themselves to buy brewing equipment and to learn about it. So that's cool. That's, that's amazing. Cool super, super cool. It's, it is a fascinating process because when we did it at, um, at my house, I mean, it was it's so tedious, but I love it because you're you're creating something, you're creating the mash, you're like, I, I mean, it's really, really cool. And so you said that the Boulevard Wheat was your, your first favorite craft beer, but what's what's your favorite thing to drink right now? Oh, like my favorite beer, like I would say, I get asked, does it work? It's like, I'm like, it depends on my mood and day, to be honest with totally. you. Yeah. Like today, I was like feeling the soul of the city. Yeah. Whereas last evening, um, I had um, like kind of a lighter, like fruity sour. Um, and sometimes like, I want that that stout yeah um, but like I said I was, if you ask me what my, my favorite beers would be I would have to say there's one from Omnipolo Buxton Brewery called Yellow Belly okay Ooh. and it is I mean it's not cheap but it is so good if you can get a hold of one okay it's I don't know how they got like that peanut flavor it's just so it's a stout it's so rich and delicious I need to look into it because I've not heard and of it it's a seasonal and I think it comes out once a year and I don't know that I mean, we've had it in the store twice and I'm not sure, you know, when it comes out or if they're doing it again, but that's one. And then one I have in the store all the time is the Castile Barista, which is a chocolate quad. Ooh. It's kind of like drinking s'mores. Yeah. That's oh, my gosh. I'm writing that one down because I love s'mores. So those two, I would say, are in my top, like, if they would be my top five beers, and I think the other five just change, or the other three in that category can change seasonally. Right. Nice. That's super cool. And when you're not drinking beer, what do you like to drink? Um, I've got a soda stream, so I'll take and I'll make nice. carbonated water, and I, I get the Kool-Aid, this little squirts of Kool-Aid, and it's like, I sound like a 12-year-old, but <laughs> it's just, uh, I like it, because Pepsi's probably my favorite soda, because I grew up, I'm sacrilegious here in Atlanta to say I'm that. I'm about to say. I, I, grew, I, I grew up in Virginia, and I grew up, um, I spent a lot of summers in my, uh, my family's a dairy farm, and um, what they did, and now it's a beef, a, a beef farm, but they a dairy farm, and they, my grandma always had to stock tons of Pepsi. For they would come in and halfway through milking and they would get their little Debbie cakes and their Pepsis in the glass <laughs> bottles. So I spent a lot of time drinking Pepsi as a kid. So I would say Pepsi is my guilty pleasure. Yeah. Nice. It's not, oh, yeah. I really don't do coffee, but Pepsi. Cool. Cool. Do you want to do the, the fun rapid fire questions? Yeah. <laughs> rapid fire. Okay. So you, you actually answered one of ours about uh, when your first beer was and what was it. Um, so what advice would you give your younger self when you got into beer? Into beer? Yeah. That's a hard one. Or when you got interested in the home brewing and all of that. You guys, like, that's you stumped me. Um, I was, <laughs> that's okay. I, I, that I don't have an answer to. I was like, I'd probably like if you were, you know, to say, like, the business world in general. It's just a, yeah. I wish that I had, I wish I knew now, knew then what I know now. Yeah. As far great. as the experience, it just kind of, I kind of felt like, I was like, this is what I want to do with my life. And then I got in, I'm like, this is not beer, but just in general, like, this is not really doing it for me. It's just, I wish I had figured my passion out earlier and pursued that, pursued it younger. Okay. Whether beer, dogs, whatever your passion is, I, I think that if you can figure it out earlier, 
and college may not be for everybody. Um, Agreed. Yeah. It's just maybe your maybe your passion is auto mechanics and you you know apprentice, but yeah, I just kind of feel like that's what I wish is I wish that I had instead of my I love my parents, but I think that they are always like do what's safe. Yeah. And I wish I hadn't been afraid to take risks and to pursue passions, and that's that's kind of what I wish. Yeah. For my life. Working at Hop City, which is a pretty fun place to begin with, what's the coolest thing that's ever happened on the job? Oh. Or most fun thing. <laughs> well, it's like, it was it was kind of funny because uh, there's, uh, we have some of the, the people of the cast of The Walking Dead will come in, some of the smaller, like the, nice. not, not like the big stars, but one day I was working in the bar and I was like, these guys are like really familiar to me, but I don't know why. So I was talking beer and, you know, giving them samples and whatnot. And then, uh, when they left, my coworkers like, you know who they were. I'm like, no, but they sure did look familiar. <laughs> so, and I was like, okay, <laughs> that's pretty cool. Um, if you could have a beer with anyone, dead or alive, who would it be? That's a hard one too. There's so many choices. You yeah. guys are killing me. No, there's no wrong answer. No wrong answer. Um, we come back to that. I need to think. Okay. Okay. <laughs> sure. Um, so, what advice would you give to women who are interested in getting started in the beer industry? Um, I guess I think the big thing is figure out what you want to do in the industry because you're gonna if you want to be a rep or if you want to do, you know, if you want to be a brewer or if you want to work in retail or you know if you want to work in marketing at a, a brewery. I think I think the big thing is figuring out what you want to do and then pursuing the steps to do that. Like for example, if you want to like be a brewery rep, a lot of the times they want you to have experience with a distributor. Mm-hmm. So it's like figuring out the avenues to get to where you want to be, which I think that would be the same for anybody. Yeah. It's just figure out what you want to do and figure out the steps to get there. Cool. Cool. What is your favorite guilty pleasure TV to watch? <laughs> oh man. I um I've got several. Yeah. Um I love the 100. Okay. I've heard good things about it. And uh, what have I been watching recently? Shameless. Oh my God. Whoa. <laughs> Shameless. Oh, Shameless is. I'm just like the season just ended. I'm like, how is this gonna start next year? <laughs> so. And recently, I've just I've just went back to rewatch the Harry Potter movies because a lot of them I've only so seen good. like once, and I'm like, they're all on this HBO, so all seven of them. So I've been going through them. That's one of those movies that anytime it's on, I have to watch it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And basically, like, if I know anybody who didn't cry when Dobby died, they're a monster and I don't want to be in my life. So it's just spoiler alert. Sorry, guys. Uh, it's been a long time. If you don't <laughs> you know that yet. Time. You've had plenty of time to know. Oh, okay. So um, what color do you think you look best in? I'm going to say red because that's what nice. I always wear when I take my driver's license picture because I it's like that blue it. background. I'm like, all right, it doesn't wash me out. That's so super red. smart. I don't I even love that. I don't think it's like, like, like that. the red. It makes a huge difference. Yeah, so. I like it. I can see that too. I like that. I've never even considered that. Like, what kind of backdrop there's going to be? That's very smart. You don't some, want to clash either. Listen, some states, in, like Virginia, they don't let you smile anymore. Nope. Yeah, you can't smile. It's terrible. I don't know, Georgia. I think you can because I'm totally at this cheesy grin on my yeah, driver's same. license. But in Virginia, my mom's like, they don't let you smile anymore. <laughs> When I was getting my passport taken, uh, my passport photo taken, um, I was like getting, I, I did all my makeup and my hair. I was like, all right, this is going to be for a long time and started to smile. And then the picture came out and they, they were, I look like a criminal. I look terrible. <laughs> I look terrible if so I don't smile. A lot of times I'd be like, okay, all right, it's done. And you're like, oh, I was sneezing, please. <laughs> Especially with the passport photo. You have that for a long, long, long time. Yep. So you want to like that one. 
Well, is there anything um, you want to promote? Either something you're doing with Pop City or for kids or anything else? You know, not that I can think of. And I really, I still can't think of who. There's so many people. I still can't think of who I'd want to have a beer with. But I'm enjoying having a beer with you guys. Oh, so yay. we're going to go with, with that. So. I love that. Thank you. That's the best answer so far. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think there's a, I think there's a wrong answer, but like I said, no, this is today. Not. Today, I'm happy to be having a beer with you guys. That's Thank so you. sweet. We're happy to have a beer with you too. And that's also, like, I think, a great thing to end on. So, yeah. thank you so much for doing us. Well, thank you guys, and I hope you guys have a really good run with your podcast. And uh... thank you guys so much for listening. If you want to keep up with everything Hop City, follow them on Facebook or on Instagram at, at Hop City Beer. Some events coming up at their Midtown location are. Wednesday, April 25th, that's tomorrow, there will be a tasting of the New Realm collaboration with Pink Boots Society at 5.30. Thursday, April 26th at 7 p.m., there will be a Brewer's Lecture Series with Wild Heaven you won't want to miss. And mark your calendars for Saturday, June 11th at 11 a.m. if you want to participate in Sarah's next beginner homebrew class. We highly recommend that you do. And if you can't get over to Midtown or simply can't get enough Hop City, check them out at their Crock Street Market location or at their location in Birmingham, Alabama. We'll be back in two weeks with another bearded lady, and we hope you'll join us. Cheers! Cheers.